0: Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host Paddy Mann. Hi there, Paddy. Good morning. Now, employee onboarding is all about getting new team members up to full speed. When done well, you can end up with employees who are highly motivated and productive, helping your team to achieve more and with less stress. When done badly, which is so often the case, you'll end up actually slowing the team down for weeks or even months with high levels of stress for everyone involved. There are two key parts to the the employee onboarding journey, company onboarding and role onboarding. Today, we're going to look at company onboarding and the essential steps you need to include to help your new employees get off to a flying start. So Paddy, let's start with a bit of a reminder of what are the goals for employee onboarding and particularly how company onboarding can support these goals.
1: Cool. Okay. So we said there's three goals for your employee onboarding overall. Uh, The first goal is to quickly get the new joiner feeling welcome, supported, and productive. Uh, they can often come in feeling anxious, they're worried about how they're going to fit in, they're worried about whether they're going to be able to do a good job and how they're going to be supported. So as soon as possible, we want to put them at ease, um, and make them feel welcome, know that they've got a great team around, make them feel supported, know that they're going to get the help they need when they, when they need it, and get them to the point where they feel productive and feel confident that they're actually going to be value-adding to the organization. The second one is to get them happy and confident in all areas of their role so that they can deliver consistent results without support. And this is all getting to the point where they don't need to constantly ask questions and they're not making regular mistakes and they're able to make good uh, decisions and it's a, uh, an area where so many companies fall short. They focus on the first few uh, hours or days or, or weeks, but forget about that longer, that longer journey. And then the third goal is to make great use of everyone's time. So uh, we want the new joiner to get up to speed quickly, but we also want to do that without completely derailing uh, the manager or the team or the HR department or any other team in needing to support the uh, the employee and handhold them every step of the way. So those are our three goals. And if we kind of go, okay, we've got this split. We've got company onboarding on one side, uh, and then you've got role onboarding. and in most organizations uh, it's kind of the hr department that will take responsibility for the company onboarding and then it'd be need to be handed over to the team the manager uh, and teammates to to do the vol onboarding so what are the what are the goals specifically for the the company onboarding well I, I, the company onboarding still needs to be thinking about the long term goals so still need to be thinking about getting the new joiner to the point where they can be productive in every area um But then they need to work out what, what are the things that this employee needs to achieve those goals, which are true for everyone in the organization. What's, you know, there's going to be lots of, in fact, most of the the learning is going to be very role specific, but there is a big chunk and it's uh, certainly something that will uh, take up numerous hours, if not, if not days to, to get that full picture of the things which are, are in common. And uh, so what's common for everyone? Well, firstly, everyone needs to be made to feel very welcome at the very start of the organization. And while there are things that that need to happen from the team, it doesn't work if the company makes them feel welcome, but their manager ignores them. There are certainly a lot, there's a lot of things that can be done at the company level to make them feel welcome and supported. Uh, the company can make you feel yeah, supported in terms of the HR department and the uh, the executives, the CEO all being there and demonstrating that it's not just their manager who's going to be there and providing help. That's fantastic, and we can be giving them as a company the broader knowledge they need um, to to be productive. So you're going to need lots of role-specific stuff, like all the specialist skills in sales or development or marketing or whatever. But you're also going to need some kind of ground context about what's the company as a whole trying to do? What are the broader goals? What's the situation with how we support customers and our industry and so on. In this context, it doesn't matter what department you're in, it's actually really important and it's essential for you to be able to make decisions in your area, but also to be able to collaborate with other people and understand how your goals, uh, what you're doing in your team fits together with, with others so essentially it's a company onboarding is about looking at, we've still got those same long-term goals but looking at the bits what's the the shared learning that applies to everyone that can be done really effectively um and sometimes it essentially needs to happen outside of the team in order to demonstrate that kind of wider support and uh a network
0: yeah indeed and i i think it's, it's funny um uh, last week I was talking to uh, a, bus- a, a business owner who's uh, becoming a new client of ours, who, um, in their case, he uh, actually owns a group of uh, three businesses uh, that he's uh, acquired. And what's interesting there is um, that was one of the first conversations I think I've had where you suddenly go, ooh, actually, for for that person, I think they need group-level onboarding, then company-level <laughs> onboarding, and then role-level because, in their case, it is useful that someone who joins, let's say, subsidiary or company A, um, they are going to need to know some basic things about the group level that, you know, what is the larger group? Why are we part of that? um, Who are uh, companies B and C? What's our relationship to them? and, And so on. And having that at the top level makes sense to have that consistent across all the others. And then when you then go into company A, onboarding, it can then be more specific about what are the specific products and services that we offer and our geographies and so on. It might refer them to the, as part of the wider group or to companies B and C, but it allows you to to kind of go another level of detail. And then, as you say, then within that, you've then got role onboarding within that company that that covers that. And I think breaking it down like that makes it a lot easier to um, identify what are the things that, everyone needs to know if they're joining let's say the group everyone needs to know if they're joining the company and then in that specific role what do people need to know so that you don't try and do one size fits all all the way through or indeed end up with you know essentially onboarding uh, guidance checklists that are um, literally like reinventing the wheel every single time and uh, and so on so I think it's powerful splitting it out like that if we look at that sort of Top level onboarding, you know, before we get into role onboarding and so on, like that company level onboarding. What are the kind of stresses uh, that that this solves? You know, when we talk about de-stressing your business. What what is it that the company onboarding does to reduce some of the stress?
1: Good question. I, I, if you if we want to know what stress the company onboarding solves, then I guess we can look at what happens when you have got good role onboarding but you've skipped the company onboarding. So sometimes you come in and you've got a great manager and they get at you up to speed and they take you on all the areas. And sometimes the, the, if there isn't great company onboarding, you know, one of the things you'll, you'll start to see is that the better teams will start to work out what should have been in there. And some of it will then come in in with that role onboarding. So the manager will take it upon themselves to uh, add in some of the context around the company, vision and goals and who to talk to and about certain problems. Um, but it gets it gets a bit messy because different teams are doing different things. But essentially, what what you get is as gaps because company onboarding isn't something you can cover in a uh, you know a half an hour section of that first meeting with your manager. And your manager is going to be keen to get you get you productive on the role stuff. But so that's what's going to happen. They're going to try and squeeze it down into a a little bit of information, just enough to kind of. Give you some feeling of where you sit, but you're gonna you're gonna lack a lot, and so you're gonna uh, you might have a view of some of the long term goals, but you're not really gonna have you know you might not have a really crisp clarity on what the current goals are, how your team goals supporting it, and then the goals that you are then assigned personally support the bigger picture. And without that, you're gonna what, what so often happens is you know it's kind of six weeks down the line, three months down the line. A year down the line, you have this realization and you go, ah, ah, crap, because not having that piece of information has led you to make so many decisions and spend weeks or months on a a project which felt like it was important and it, it made complete sense based on the context you did have, based on your past experience, based on best practices online, but you were missing some piece of the puzzle. and. It might be around the goals, or it might be about understanding how your sales team sells, or it might be about uh, getting a grasp on your competitors and where your key USPs are against those. And so you you, you get these, and it can be an individual level. You get these kind of uh, gaps, which lead to compl- you know massive wasted effort and just basically bad decisions. But often, it, because it's not just one person who hasn't had it, it's a whole team who hasn't had this onboarding. You get whole teams that are veering off and going in the wrong direction because they haven't got this grounding. They haven't got this context and shared agreement on this is how we're doing things and why. And in the absence of it, they will they will try and fill in that knowledge themselves. And by filling in that knowledge, they're forming their own opinions, communicating it to each other and reinforcing it. And of course what i mean what does that lead to it leads to silos it leads mm. to conflict it leads to incredible amounts of wasted effort not just in going in the wrong direction but in the trying to collaborate when you've got two teams working in 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 different angles and you can it's so clear when it happens at you know the enterprise level but it's also something that can happen even if you've got two people in two different departments in a five-person company um so yeah it's the small gaps in knowledge it kind of grow exponentially grow organically and it can be in within one person it can grow to a team but the, the the stress i mean just take your imagination down any of those avenues and it can be immense
0: yeah and i, <clears throat> I think um it's almost great it can create quite a bit of social stress right you know if you're um if you're at a, something that's a cross department event And realizing as a, you know, someone perhaps who joined their company three months, six months, 12 months ago, realizing, I don't know who these people are, what functions they're in, or um, I've met someone who's in sales or in finance or whatever, I don't really know what their scope is, how big the department is or anything like, um, or, you know, meeting, meeting someone senior in the business and not realizing like who they are and uh, so on, or, or being asked by a client when in a pitch meeting, um, oh, so, like, how long has the company been? You know, is this a new company, old company? And you realize you have no idea. Like, and is that social stress related to things that seemingly should be basic knowledge of, of working in an organization, which are so easy to miss if you don't have a well-documented onboard, company onboarding process because, of course, it can become assumed knowledge. The manager might assume, oh, you've probably covered this. HR's probably covered this with you or you've seen it on a website or whatever. might not even be on the website. Um, and then three months down the line, six months down the line, you're almost in a position where it's too awkward to ask you know, and say, sorry, just to check, like John you know, carries himself around with quite a bit of, uh, uh, of weight and gravitas is he the COO? <laughs> like, you know, uh, having to ask those things can be really, really uncomfortable and particularly the more junior in the organization you go. But of course, as you say, like it, cr- it grows over time. You end up with a situation where that junior staff member who never um, addressed that gap in knowledge then becomes a team leader or a manager and sure enough, they're asked by their employees like, you know, what's the situation here? And that team leader or manager is too embarrassed to even admit they <laughs> don't know and have found out and it's things like that, and, it's, and it also creates the discomfort around company-wide processes, right? Like, um, how do I request holiday? How do I, um, you know, uh, request? Um, how do I submit expenses? All those sorts of things. Which again, the risk is that you end up with those silos where they assume, this, you know, it's drop balls. They assume that someone else has covered it. So I think I, I think you're right in terms of each one of those. If you follow it down a conclusion, can create can create a lot of stress. So. Um, before we go into what company onboarding should have in it um, and the essential pieces, where do we draw the line between company and role onboarding? We've kind of alluded to a, a few sort of principles of that, but um, uh, let's look practically. What does that look like? Where do you draw that line, and where's the handover? <laughs>
1: it's a it's a, a good question. Uh, there can be a lot of confusion here, and I think when there is confusion it's more that the two teams you've got the hr team and the the different teams that are doing their role onboarding is that they haven't acknowledged that they are doing their uh, two different things one's doing company onboarding role onboarding and they haven't acknowledged that um uh, essentially they're going to take responsibility for those areas and until there's this kind of agreement within a company of okay hr is going to be responsible for company onboarding and that means any kind of uh knowledge which we need every employee to know is going to be part of that and then you are responsible for the stuff which is very specific to your department to your team once you've got that kind of clarity then it is not really that difficult to work out which should go into which but you need to be able to go as a as a a team lead and go I'm seeing there's a big gap here. I need the sales team to know about our competitors. And then you go, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. Does, is that, maybe that's something that only the sales team need to know, or maybe wouldn't they need that in product as well? Because they're gonna be designing stuff against our, our competitors. And then you need to have that discussion. And the answer, well, we, we would say that there's certainly gonna be something which is for everyone in the company. And so you you probably need to have a little conversation there and go, talk to the HR and go how far we think there's something that should be there it's important for everyone so how far are you going to take that and is there anything that we then need to add to take it into 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 more detail um so it's about making you clear on that those accountabilities Who, who's responsible for each area and then opening up the the waves to while you are feeling it through while you're putting the company and boarding in, in in the first place but then one thing that we we you want to avoid is getting into a position where you go hr's not not got something right now so i'm just going to build it straight and do my own onboarding because once you do you're going to get frustrated that they are then replicating stuff that you've got but it's not quite to the same standard or to your liking so uh, when If there is a a gap in your company onboarding, then I would almost have that as a kind of a before I start my own role onboarding. I'm just going to cover a few things which are going to be in company onboarding in future, um, and keep it and keep it separate rather than kind of integrating it
0: deeply into your own onboarding. Otherwise, you get this kind of conflict. Yeah, indeed, and I think the important part there is having that conversation. You know, being able to discuss it with hr or whoever's responsible for the that top level company onboarding uh, in small companies it might just be you know the business owner or whatever and say here's the things that i think my team need to know but i suspect that other team members need to as well and therefore doing it and of course there are layers of the detail right like if you take um, understanding competitors For a salesperson, it is useful for them to have a very deep understanding of direct competitors and how your products and services compare to theirs, which are the areas that actually the competitors are better fit for, which are the areas that we're a stronger fit for, how do you describe that to the customer and so on. Now, does the finance person need that? No. But do they need to understand the wider industry that we're in and the names of some of the competitors? Yes, because A, again, partly social stress, it's very weird if they're in the company after a few months or years and they can't list, quickly list a few competitors, but secondly, it helps them add more value. It helps them be able to look at well, if those are our competitors with my finance hat on um you know uh let me see how i me- how we measure up and how we compare or how does our pricing compare? uh let me have a look at them on the company's house and and look at them in terms of value and so on or if you're in h r then you need to know it in terms of how you measure up uh, when you're trying to recruit and and how you'd compare in terms of your employer brand and so on so like it's it is layered isn't it it's it's not just oh competitors that's one uh, or the other it's layered knowledge of saying to what extent does that need to be for for everyone versus uh, versus the role so i really like that as an uh, as an approach one of the challenges i think for a lot of people is okay i get this layered i get that i need to have some information for everyone but what sorts of things should be in there because so often it's um you know, and we we learned it ourselves. Like it, it was an iterative process of us going, oh, we think this should be in the company onboarding. And then you get your first hire, or a few hires later, you go, oh, you know what? We should have included, for example, our USPs, or um, uh, or, or or they or we should be getting everyone to have a quick look at some of the reviews about our companies, so they get a sense of what customers say about us. So. What are some of the absolute essential steps that you'd list out and include in in company onboarding?
1: Cool. Well, this is definitely an area that we've iterated on many times and and kind of the the, the process has grown and shrunk and grown and shrunk as we've worked out, okay, actually, these things are related and this is where it sits. But we now have quite, I'd say, pretty good clarity on both the company and role onboarding of some I say specific kind of sections, some kind of key groups of uh, knowledge or uh, activity which need to happen every time for every company for every every team um, and so for the role for, sorry, for the company onboarding I've got we've got five uh five key uh sections where I'd say Pretty much all the other stuff will will fit into one of these five areas. And so you can start with the, the core stuff, which is obvious. And then over time, when you spot, ah, there should have been something else, you'll, you'll be able to go, okay, it fits into one of these, these groups. The first one is meeting meeting the team. And this is about working out who are the key people that uh, everyone on the, the company could, should meet. And it may be a specific person or it may be someone in a role. So then their manager, of course. Uh, we like to give them a buddy who's going to help them during that onboarding experience. Um, and, it's you know, t- typically someone at their own kind of level in the company uh, and has recently gone through onboarding themselves. Um, the HR team, so they're able to get support in that way. But there may be other key people that you want to make everyone aware of. It may be the CEO. It may be the entire executive team. Um, but within this kind of this group, the meeting the team, it's about identifying who, making sure he you know who they are and um, finding a way to start building a relationship because it's building those relationships really early on just being able to say hello gives you a chance to then say hello again when you've got a question in future and you're you're struggling in some deep problem around how the hell does this work with finance you like, oh wait a minute I, I recognize Jeff the head of finance because I met him on my first day that initial building that relationship and then even better, you know, getting opportunities to go for a coffee and 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 really uh, start to to know people makes a huge difference. It's a huge lever to pull. So many companies talk about uh, we come from management consultancies, and it's all about networking, 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 networking. And it sounds like this fake, horrible thing which only people with funny hats would ever do. But what it really means is building relationships with people and building relationships is about not just um going to them and start talking work 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 what have you done what are your results how are you going to do what's your you know it's about it's about caring about other humans and and finding out a little bit more about them who they are as a person um what they like to do outside of work whether they've got a family and so on and it's actually when you when you get a one of those little uh, connections which is outside of work so often that you then have an easy way to approach them again in, in future and talk to them about the football, the wife, the whatever. Um, so first one, meeting the team and starting to build relationships with key people. That's essential. And who those people are, what roles they are, will, will depend a huge amount on your organization. But there will be something there. At the very core, it's going to be the manager, the buddy, uh, knowing where the team is, knowing how to get support from HR. Second one would be setting up tools. There are going to be a a range of tools which are company, um, uh, for everyone in the company. Um, Well, or a big chunk of of people to the point that it's worth doing in the company onboarding. So sure, you might have some people who do work in very different areas, but there are going to be some areas which it's not just in certain teams, it's for a big chunk of the company workforce. So we can include it in whether it's setting up with a laptop or doing data security training and setting up those tools or setting up their email, it's the, the foundations that are definitely across team, across department uh, that we want to do at that, that broader level. And then we've got, so those are the first, two. we've got team and, and tools, and then we've got three different areas where we want to give employees context to help them understand where they sit in the organization and help them to make better decisions as they, as they go along. The first one is looking at vision, values, and goals to help them go. This is, firstly, this is where we are directing as a company right now. So you can understand um, why you're doing things, how it all all stacks up, but also get a picture of, this is how we set the vision, values, and goals. So this is how, how it's gonna, adapt and change over time is it a quarterly exact meeting or whatever how do the different teams uh factor in if you see an opportunity and you think something should be a goal in future how would that actually make its way up to the top what are those mechanisms so vision value and goals absolutely you know critical foundations the the fourth area the fourth group is about collaboration it's about working together and getting support and how to work together and get support and it this is quite broad but um the, the, some of the key areas we'd have here is accountabilities or what did <laughs> who in the organization is accountable for what so who who is it if you've got a finance question where does that go where's the head of finance where's the head of marketing where do their team sit how does that responsibility chain um look we use a, a, a something called an accountability chart, which is like an organisation chart, but it makes it very clear who's accountable for each department. Um, but however you do it, just making it clear so when you've got a question as an employee, you know who in the organisation is is fundamentally responsible for that for that area. You need to know what the processes are. So where do I look to on un- to, to uh, if I've got HR processes about taking leave? Where do I look about if I've got a you know security issues? Is there a standard Process for raising that. What are all the other processes that uh, exist within the organisation? Where there's a standard way where the organisation wants you to to do something. How do how do I uh, work out what those processes are? Where do I look? Um, and so making someone aware of those and and what the key ones are. And then there's performance. So how how are you going to be supported as an employee with your personal development? How are you going to be assessed on your performance? How are we going to help you support? Uh, support your growth and your career development uh what are the options uh for for being promoted in future how would that all work um and then there's the other collaboration areas of kind of where you know what meetings exist how do teams interact um and all the other kind of core information so that someone knows if they need to Uh, collaborate in any way with someone else in the organization, whether to share an idea or ask about another team or to uh, find out what the goals are, you know, how does that work? That's this, this core area. So we've got meeting the team, setting up tools, vision, value, and goals, then learning how to work together and get support. And then the final area is learning how the business works. So how does a business fundamentally make money, stay afloat, stay alive? And, you've got some core topics on there. It's like, what's our target market? What products do we have and sell? Uh, what services do we offer? Who are our competitors and how do we differentiate? Who are our customers and which ones are our key customers? Mm. And what customer stories do we have, which kind of bring it to life and really demonstrate the value mm. that we can provide to uh, our customers when we do it really, really well. So yeah, five five core areas, team, tools, vision, value, and goals. How to work together and get support, and how the business, uh, how the business works in in its industry, in its marketplace, and none of it needs to take particularly long. But you, there's none of that; none of that can be skipped, or you're going to have these okay. these, these gaps that we talked about earlier.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, I because that structure is something that, um, well, you know, only yesterday I was talking to the owner of a um, IT service provider uh, company, and where they felt they had got a really good recruitment process, but that when the person then joins at the end of it, um, the onboarding experience didn't live up to the dream that they were sold uh, through the recruitment process. And as a result, they had people who since you were leaving after a couple of days or, uh, or, or a couple of weeks. Um, and I I believe, uh, and, you know, based on what they were sharing, like a lot of that is down to missing some of these things, right? You know, tapping into that bigger why, creating that sense of connection uh, with the rest of the team. Because if you if you don't do that early on, you know, you do start to lose the opportunity to do it. Um, and you know, when, when some business owners and leaders talk about people, you know, oh, they just treat it as, oh, it's just a job, you know, they're just here for the money and if someone offers some more money then they go, like, that isn't a situation you should be tolerating, you should be able to create... An environment and a role and a and a, 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 a culture of people that want to stay, not because of the money, like that. That's a hygiene factor of a requirement of having a job, but because they feel commitment to the greater vision, the purpose. They feel a connection to the values that they've. Uh, connected and feel loyal for that team and feel like they're welcome and supported and so on. And then, as you say, that they have a good understanding of how the business works, how it grows, how it makes money, how they can contribute and so on. So they uh, they really want to stay. So I love that structure Um, and note that uh, if you're thinking, well, there's a lot there, how will I remember to do this? Uh, You know, I feel like I should be immediately taking notes. Uh, Good news. We've we've got this. Structure as a template that you can use as a starting point um, available uh, for anyone using Air manual. You can just click on the little um, help button, the question mark and go to examples and templates and uh, you can find it in the onboarding area. Uh, But otherwise, if you if you want access to that, just reach out, give us a shout. Um, You can email us support at airmanual.co or you could uh, uh, reply on uh, some of our social media posts and and we can share some of those things because ultimately that'll give you a much better starting point than trying to start from a blank page, which is scary and risks moving loads of stuff. Right, Paddy? Well,
1: absolutely is, Uh, And one of the biggest challenges uh, that we have when we've got new customers coming in, they're looking at onboarding and often they're looking at it knowing there's only a few weeks until someone joins is the scope of what someone needs to know is is big i mean there's a lot of areas i've I've covered five groupings but within each of those sections are, are key areas um but once you once you get that structure and work out where everything fits together it starts being so scary and initially you don't need to create content explains every single thing, you just need a placeholder. So that at the very least someone will be able to describe it the first time and then the next time you can look to to systemize it. Uh, something I just wanted to, to chuck in because I think I under undersold it, I was taking you like the through the five sections, but almost sold it as a you know, this is something that you, you kind of get through and make sure that they've learned all these areas. It's not just learning, it is getting the new employee excited about all of these things. Maybe not that excited about setting up tools. They do have to get through that one, yeah. so you make it as quick and easy as possible. Yeah. But getting really excited about your vision, value, and goals. Getting really excited about the cool ways that you can collaborate and the way they're going to be supported. Getting excited about where you know the unique ways that you serve the marketplace. Because these are. This is you know part of what they're looking for in their job. They're looking for a purpose. They're looking yeah. for something which makes them feel like they are helping the wider world and community. They're looking for f- stories which they can share with their friends and family that help to make them feel assured that they are you know doing a doing a great thing. And this is what you can give them. You can give them this moment of excitement and motivation, so they come out of this first first moment this company onboarding feeling properly. Pumped about what you as a company do, uh, and you know absolutely ready to go flying into
0: their their role onboarding, which is what comes next. Absolutely, yeah, I love that. I mean, think it's such a good point around creating that that excitement and that energy around it. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Now, um, for for those that have been listening to a few of these episodes, you'll know that um, I, we run a weekly webinar. Uh, which covers uh, onboarding as part of a wider uh, topic in which we talk about how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth, which uh, onboarding is a key part of. And in that webinar, we'll show you exactly how to use it uh, to, uh, to achieve those goals. It's typically every Wednesday at 1 p.m. UK time. The next one is next coming Wednesday. Uh, you can find out more and register at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar. Final note for our podcast listeners, uh, as a new podcast, we do need your help. If you found the content today valuable, please take one minute to leave an honest review. If you're listening on uh, social media or watching it there, please uh, do share it with other people. Really, really appreciate it. That will help get the podcast more visibility and help more people. But otherwise, until next time, have fun.